0: Book of Psalms. Praise the Lord tonight. Uh, What a wonderful day it's been so far. And uh, as we think about uh, moving forward and uh, asking the Lord to continue the work, which He's already begun, uh, this evening I want to tie a little bit of what we dealt with this morning into tonight's message in Psalm 71. Psalm 71, you come to a portion of Scripture, and you come to a psalm in which the psalmist begins to reveal his heart You begin to see some things in which he is stating and and making certain statements that we're going to look at three verses this evening. But tonight, every single one of us has a a job, if you would. Every single one of us has a task, if you would. As we prepare for this generation-to-generation meeting, what we've been encouraging and what the goal of this meeting is to encourage the next generation, being these young people, that they can go and reach their generation. It's very easy for us to, to get excited and say, yes, they can reach their generation. And we can even make the statement, you know what, not only can they make a difference in their generation by reaching their generation, but we can reach their generation. But also something that we have to take into consideration is every single one of us this evening has a generation to reach ourselves. Sometimes it's very easy to overlook the the generation. We might even make statements like, oh, our generation is too far gone. Can I share with you that, well, we might look on generations, though we might look on people and say they're too far gone, no one is too far gone for God. And as you, you look at what God can accomplish within a specific meeting, what God can accomplish within a church, I want to encourage you that God can accomplish those things in a personal pers- in a person's life as well. And so notice with me, if you would, Psalm 71, three verses, verse number 17, 18, and 19 this evening. The Bible says this, O God, thou hast taught me, From my youth, and hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not, until I have showed thy strength unto this generation, and my power to every one that is to come. Thy righteousness also, O God, is very high. Who Who has done great things, O God, who is like unto thee? And this evening, I want to encourage every single one of us this evening as we are gathered together to reach our generation. Now, for just a few moments, I'm not a generation expert, okay? Uh, I expect Google to be a generation expert, but I'll be honest with you. When I Googled certain generations, I found myself confused, okay? And so I'm going to share a couple of generations with you, and I want you to raise your hand when you find yourself in this generation. Now, if I have this generation and I say the name of a generation, you say, that's not the name. Blame Google, okay? Because I was on three different sites, and three different sites named generations completely different, all right? And so I just stuck with one. And so, don't focus so much on the name of the generation, but the time period here. We have a list of generations here that I'm going to share with you. We have, uh, we have six different generations that are typically, I, I would say, are, are defined within a church demographics and what makes up a church. The first one is the silent generation. Now... The silent generation would have been anyone born from 1925 to 1945. Do we have anyone that was born between that time period at all? So we have a couple of people who would be considered the silent generation. And now we also have the baby boomers. The baby boomers, according to Google, was 1946 to 1964. Do we have any baby boomers here? We have some baby boomers as well. You move past the baby boomers and you get Generation X. Generation X... Was, would have been born 1965 to 1980. Anyone in that time frame right there, 1965 to 1980? Okay, so we have some Generation X. The Generation Y or has been classified as well as the Millennials, uh, the 1981 to 1996. I would say this may be a majority. I'm in that category. Who all is in that? So we have a good mixture here, good mixture here. Uh, Generation Z. Generation Z would have been 1997 to 2012. If you were born between 1997 and 2012, go ahead and slip your hand up. Okay, a very good group there. And now we have the most recent. Generation Alpha is what, I didn't even know there was another generation, but I guess Generation Alpha. 2013 to 2021. If you were born in that time frame, go ahead and slip your hand up. We got some children here who would have been born in that that time frame right there. So this evening, I want you to think for just a moment about your generation. As you think about your generation, and we emphasize reaching our generation, you began to see some of the hands go up and who fell into what category. And the truth of the matter is, tonight, each of us outside the walls of Gateway Baptist Church have certain people that are still out there in our generation that don't know the Lord personally. And what are we going to do about it? It's very easy to say, well, you know what, the majority of people we come in contact with are probably in that Generation X to Generation Z category, so they're the easiest to reach. That may be the case sometimes, but every single one of us falls into one of those generations. You see, the Word of God has much to say about the word generation. In Psalm 145, verse 4, it says, One generation shall praise thy works to another, and shall declare thy mighty acts. And I wonder sometimes if within the generational forms here, as we have different generations, which generation did things start, To go downhill. But at the same time, which generation is going to make a difference and say, you know what, those things might have started going down here. We are going to be a part of a generation that's going to start taking things back up. And you see, where does that start? It starts with the Lord, it always starts with the Lord. Within a church, a church might be made up of different generations, and one generation might be a little bit more of a quiet generation, isn't doing much for the Lord, and there might be another one that's kind of in that middle. They sometimes do, but they don't. And then you have some that are go-getter generations, whatever the case might be. Within that church, you see Gateway Baptist Church might be made up of a group of a body of believers where one generation is a a, a thriving generation in that church. And then another church across town might have another generation that's a thriving generation in that church. And somewhere along the way, within the church, and within the walls of Gateway Baptist Church, we have to have generations of people that say, you know what, we want to make a difference for Christ. The Bible also says, as you go and you look at Psalm 100, verse number 5, For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting. Notice this next phrase. And His truth endureth to all generations. The Bible says in Psalm 78 verse 4, We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He hath done. In Proverbs 4, you begin to see a passing from one generation to another in the entire Proverbs there. And so across the Word of God, you find different generations that are being dealt with. And within our service tonight, as we emphasize this, we need to reach our generation. For me, I fall in that category of the, the Generation Y or the Millennial Generation. For you, you might fall into the Generation X or the Generation Z, or even we had a couple in the generation that was Baby Boomers and Silent Generation. And so tonight, as you think about that and we get excited, we say, oh, we're having a Generation to Generation Youth Conference. May it stir our hearts to realize that there are still people within our generation that need the gospel. There are people that the Lord has for us to go and reach. Notice with me, if you would, Psalm 71, verse number 17. The Bible says, O God, thou hast taught me from my youth. And hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. Now also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not, until I have showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. Thy righteousness also, O God, is very high, who has done great things, O God, who is like unto thee. It was one individual who said, you can't expect from what you're not willing to invest in. As they were making that statement, as they were talking about the entire context there, they were frustrated with certain people within their circle, within their, their demographic of generation, if you would. And it was one day where they were complaining to some of their, their colleagues, and they began to, to fuss about their generation. You know, I've, I've sat and listened to people who would say, yeah, my generation just this, and my generation this. And truth of the matter is, every generation has its flaws. That's why every generation must lean on the Lord. But well, they were complaining, and one of their colleagues looked at them and said, you can't, you, what said? he say? He said, he said, you can't expect from what you're unwilling to invest in. And he said, well, what does that even mean? The, the man looked at him and he says, well, what are you doing to change it? He said, it's easy to stand here and gripe about your generation, but what are you doing to cause a a change within your generation? What are you doing to impact your generation? As he began to sit there, he, he began to ponder upon that, and it was at that moment that he made a decision, you know what, I do need to do something. Because guess what, I can't complain, and I can't expect something from this generation if I'm not willing to invest in it. And that goes for every single one of us this evening. It's very easy for us to complain and to gripe about all these many things. As we think about our young people this this evening and we're praying for them, you know, one of the great things that has been taught and seen throughout history is that under every great leader is a, a great group of mentors. And you begin to see that throughout history, that there were certain people who invested in certain people and began to make a difference in the lives of others, and they began to reach others through their influence. And this evening, I want to point your attention to Psalm 71, verse number 18. Notice this statement. As he makes this statement in verse number 18, Now also when I am old and gray-headed, he goes on to say, O God, forsake me not. But then he says this, Until I have showed thy strength unto this generation, Thy power to every one that is to come. This evening, I want to preach a message entitled Reaching Our Generation. I want to encourage you. I want to help you. I want to pray that God would move us all to have compassion to reach our generation. We're praying for every single generation, but may God use us to reach our generation. Go with me to the Lord of Prayer, and we'll find ourselves in Psalm 71 for just a few moments. Lord, we do thank you. Oh, Lord, we're so thankful for what you're doing with, in each of our personal lives. Lord, I'm thankful for what you're doing in our church. And Lord, outside the four walls of this church, Lord, there are people. There are souls that we'll come in contact with. There are friendships that have been made. There are family members. There are co-workers. There are neighbors. Lord, there are so many people that we come in contact with on a daily basis. Lord, as we think about reaching our generation, it ought to be the burden of every single believer. Lord, we must be moved with compassion. Lord, we must look at people and understand that there is eternity in their their path at some point. No, they're going to face the eternity, and Lord, they're going to find themselves either in heaven or hell. And Lord, after we reach them with the gospel, it must go further than that. Uh, Lord, reaching them and helping them to understand that after salvation, God has so much for them. And so, Lord, help us to get a burden for our generation, to pray for our generation. Lord, there are so many people in each generation that have made an impact on this world. Uh, Lord, I pray for those that represent every single generation within our service tonight. Lord, I do pray for those who are part of the silent generation, Lord, that you'd use them, Lord, to continue to reach others. Lord, the baby boomer generation, Lord, I do pray that you would reach them, Lord, that you'd help them to reach others, Lord, as they seek to reach their generation. The generation X and Y and Z and Alpha, Lord, each of those generations, Lord, we're praying and Lord, we're asking, Lord, that you would use them. Lord, may we all have a burden to reach our generation. Lord, tonight I pray that you would be with us as we find ourselves in Psalm 71, as the psalmist pens these words. And, Lord, as we understand what his heart is here, I pray that we would all understand it needs to be heart of all of us. And Lord, may we desire that until you take us, Lord, we be used. And Lord, forsake us not. And Lord, guide us and direct us. Help us to yield our lives to you. Lord, I pray that you be with the service. Lord, be with everything that's said and done. I pray that you be honored and glorified in everything. And we'll thank you for it. And it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Verse number 18, one more time, the Bible says, O God, forsake me not until I have showed thy strength unto this generation. Notice with me, if you would, four things that we see in Psalm 71 that I'll pray will be a help to you and encourage you as we try to reach our generation. First, we see the psalmist prompting. The psalmist prompting. And there's a prompting in every single one of our lives. Sometimes there is a prompting within our lives to act in a certain way or to say a certain word or to do something, but nonetheless, there are seasons in life, there are occasions, there are moments in our our lives where we say, you know what, I was prompted to do this. I was prompted to say this. I want you to notice the psalmist promptings here. As you look in verse number 17, the Bible says this, O God, thou hast taught me from my youth. That is the very first uh, prompting that he had. He began to reflect on a time in his life where God had began to deal with him, where God had began to show him some things and reveal some things to him. Within my office back there, there is a Bible that sits in my office that is my my grandfather's Bible. I have one of my mother's Bibles. I have one of my first Bibles that I ever owned. And when I funnel through certain or thumb through certain Bibles, I'll look at those Bibles and I'll see the markings in those Bibles. And when I look at those markings, I always wonder what was God doing right then and there whenever they penned those words. As my grandfather might have been writing something, what was God doing in that service that made him write that statement on the side of his Bible? What, what was God doing in this season of life whenever this individual began to write certain things and, and what was taking place here? What do these notes mean? Where is this Hey, where does this outline come from? What, how did it affect this individual? And within our lives, every single one of us, as we open the Word of God, God begins to prompt us by dealing with us in a personal manner. You see, the great thing about our God is that every single one of us could take a challenge. That challenge could be that we read the entire book of, of, of Proverbs this entire month together. You could even pick another book of the Bible. Let's just say we all decide we're going to read the book of, uh, of, of Nehemiah this upcoming month. We say we're going to take a challenge as a church. We're going to read this And all of a sudden, we have one Sunday evening where we say, okay, let's take some time now, and let's reflect on the book of Nehemiah. What are some things that you got from the book of Nehemiah? What about this chapter? What about these verses? What about this? And the joy about God is that He deals with each of us in a personal way in which He would be teaching every single one of us sometimes the same thing, but also He'd be dealing with us where we're at. So someone might raise their hand and say, you know what? I began to reflect on this verse, and I reflected on this statement in this verse, and God began to to strengthen me and help me. Then someone raises their hand and they say, Oh, that's amazing. I didn't even see that statement as far as the stand out for me. But in that verse, I noticed this statement and God began to reveal this to me. Why? Because He was dealing with us where we were at. He was teaching us some things. You know, there are certain times in which you will come to a portion of Scripture. Some of you, many of you probably have read through your Bible uh, probably 15 to 20 to 25 times over the course of many years. And every single time that you read your Bible... There are probably times when which you come to a certain chapter in the Bible or a certain verse that you're familiar with, and you say, You know what? I didn't see that last time. And God began to teach you some things. The psalmist, I imagine, as he is making this statement in verse number 17, Oh God, thou hast taught me from my youth. I believe every single one of us this evening can declare that God has been dealing with us and teaching us some things. There was a prompting, but notice the prompting goes further. He says in verse number 17, And hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. You're, you see, as, the, as Christians, and the Bible teaches this, but we are not to remain silent, but we are to be outspoken. You see, we are to use our voice for the Lord. The Bible says, as we look in the book of Proverbs, that we are to be bold as a lion. You see in Scripture certain people who stood for the things of God. You think about Daniel. Daniel, and you think about all of those in the book of Daniel, at the very beginning of the book of Daniel, and they say, hey, we want to we do things a little bit different. We're not going to eat of the king's meat. Immediately they spoke up. You think about them as they're walking through that fiery furnace, and as you think about them standing up and saying, hey, we're going to walk through. And our God's always been with us, but if not, He's still God. And you think about different people in Scripture. You think about Joseph and the testimony of Joseph. Man, what a, what a life Joseph had to live. Guess what? Joseph still stood by the stuff. He still stuck with the Lord. As you look in verse number 17, he says, Hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. Can I share with you one of the things that will aid us and help us in reaching our generation is when they see someone else in their generation that something's different. Let me illustrate it this way to you. The baby, junior, baby boomer generation. The baby boomer generation, there might be some here this evening who would claim to be a baby boomer. If you're a baby boomer, go ahead and slip your hand up one more time so I can just see the baby boomers this evening. So let's just say the baby boomer generation, you might have some people who say, you know what, I will never go to church. I will never do this. I, Christianity, I will never become a Christian. All these many things. Maybe they've been hurt. Maybe they've heard some things. But let's just say the Lord gives you favor in that individual's life. They don't even know you're a Christian at the time. Let's just say you, you start to talk to them and you start to communicate you know, your life and, and, and how the Lord has completely, radically changed your life. And all of a sudden, because of one person who stood out in that generation to them, you'll never meet all the people in your generation, but you'll meet some. And I wonder if you will stand out to your generation as being someone who stood out completely different. Someone comes up to you and says, you know what? Every single one of the baby boomers, not the, I mean, we don't go around. You know, all the millennials I meet, you know, they're just, I don't walk around talking like that, you know. But let's just say, you know, someone comes up to you and says, man, all the baby boomers I meet, they're just, they're just different. There's just something wrong with them. But then they say, but you're different. You stand out. Well, what's different about you? I'll tell you what's different about me, Jesus Christ. He changed my life. You know, all the millennials, they're just, they're just different. What, what, you're just a little bit different than the, the typical millennial. coming. What's different about you? I'll tell you what's different, Jesus Christ. I wonder if we stand out within our generation. The psalmist here began to declare the wondrous works. As you begin to declare certain things, you know, all of the, 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 the different people that I grew up with in Columbus, Indiana, I would say, many, if not all, of the people that I hung around, we live different lifestyles. We're we, we, we completely, 100% probably different. From the perspective of, of, of Christianity all the way to just general lifestyle, we're probably completely different. But I'll tell you what, in the times in which I've been able to have conversations with them, and some of them, it's an amazing thing, some of them, I'm still friends, I'm still Facebook friends, which means if you're Facebook friends, you're friends, right? But we're still friends. But I wonder when they look at my, my Facebook page that they say there's something different about him. You know why? Because all it's filled with is my family, my church, and my faith. That's the only things I post. You know why? Because those are the three things that mean the most to me. I love my family. I love my church, and I love the Lord. And I wonder within our four walls, as you think about our generation, if we're a different generation out there. If our generation looks as they man they're just different. You see the psalmist prompting. Notice with me in verse number 18, you get into the psalmist's plea. He begins to cry out unto the Lord, Now also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not. That statement right there, O God, forsake me not. He's crying out to the Lord, his plea is this, Lord, don't give up on me yet. Lord, I'm not ready to throw the towel in. Lord, I'm still here. I'm still willing to be used. And he goes on to say this in the verse number 18. He says, Until I have showed thy strength unto this generation." Very simply, he's saying this, God, I'm not ready to stop. Lord, I want to keep going until I can t- continue to show this generation what God has done. God, don't take me off this earth until I'm able to reach all of those that I'm able to reach. Lord, I want to show the generation. You see, this statement, forsake me not, is what he is dealing with. Is God, keep teaching me these things. God, don't stop. Lord, I don't want to stop just because of age. Lord, I want to keep going. You know who stands out in my mind? Some of you might know him. Some of you might not. There's a gentleman by the name of Don Sisk. Any of you know Don Sisk? Ever heard of Don Sisk? Don Sisk is up there in years. But Don Sisk is still traveling this country and going across the country and still being used mightily of God. You know, at his stage in life, he could very easily say, you know what, I'm just ready to stop. God, I've done all I want to do for you and all I can do for you, Lord. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to let the next generation take the next steps. I think about Raymond Barber. I think about others that are going on right this very moment where they've poured their life out by being used by God. But they're still going. And their heart's cry is, Lord, don't stop. Lord, I might be old, but I still have a heart that is burning to be used. God, I'm getting up there in years, but I still want to do something. And the psalmist here says, Oh, God, forsake me not until I have showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that has come. Can I encourage you this evening, maybe you're not in the state or maybe you're not in the place right this very moment where you've even been thinking about this. You say, I haven't even thought about reaching my generation. I've been thinking about reaching other generations or I've been thinking about the generations coming up, but I've never even thought about reaching my generation. Well, I want to encourage you to get a burden for your generation. I want to encourage you to, to weep over your generation, to pray for your generation. Verse number 18, you see the, the psalmist's proclamation as well. As he makes this statement, until I have showed thy strength unto this generation, Thy power to everyone that is to come. His plea is, O God, forsake me not. He proclaims, until I have showed thy strength unto this generation, Thy power to everyone that is to come. The psalmist desired, very simply, one thing, and that was to continue to tell others about Jesus. You know, I, I'm I'm one who I, I I'm good with having different conversations. I can talk about the weather. I can talk about sports. I can tolerate talking about government. I can I can have conversations about certain things that I'm not interested in, but I can carry the conversation. But you want to have me stand around and talk to you for hours? Let's talk about the Bible. Let's talk about Jesus. I just I love you know whenever I come across certain things. Just just a few minutes ago, as I was sitting there and reading Psalm 71. I'm I marked in my Bible. Look with me in verse number 7. I might preach on this at some point in time. But it's a very interesting, a very peculiar statement. I am as a wonder unto many. What an interesting way to put that. I'm a wonder unto many. I might preach that one day. But I love talking about the, the, the Bible and talking about the Lord and the difference that He has made in my life. On a, on a matter, matter of fact, you all, I have to do a, a very quick job and a very uh, serious job of making sure I don't, say too much sometimes. And I know many of you are like that as well. I've had people who, who will come in here and they'll say, hey, I was invited by so-and-so. I think about some that Miss Celinda has invited. How would you hear about it? Well, I was in the ER and Miss Celinda Hodges told me about it. Oh, okay. Many, many times. Well, that's a testimony. That's a testimony. You've had some visitors come to our church and we find out, hey, how would you hear about it? Well, so-and-so invited me. That's a testimony. Psalmist's proclamation was this though. He says, I want to show thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. Verse number 19, we see this, and that's finally the psalmist's passion here. Thy righteousness also, O God, is very high. Who has done great things, O God, who is like unto thee? Can I answer that statement that is made at the very end? Who is like unto thee? None. None. You see, every single one of our lives, as you think back on your own life with the Lord and the personal way in which He deals with every single one of us, it's an amazing thing which how God says, you know what, I want to strengthen you here. I want to teach you here. And then a few years later, you've been strengthened there, and God begins to teach you here and strengthen you here. And God begins to do all of these many things because He's personal to us. And the psalmist makes this statement, Who is like unto thee? But above that, he says, who has done great things? Oh, God is very high who has done great things. God, you've done things that none other can do. That's my God. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that we have as a God that is none like any other. A God that we can proclaim that he is still alive. He's not in the grave like all the others. Matter of fact, he answered your prayers this morning. You say, what prayers? I don't know. This morning, as we were in Sunday school class, I was sharing this, and I'll close with this this evening. As we were in Sunday school class, yesterday I had the opportunity to go to the gym. I have been studying. was wrapping up those messages, and typically what I'll do on a Saturday is I'll go to the gym, and I'll think about what I'm going to be preaching and try to process everything and make sure that I've got everything, you know, understood and, and, and you know, where I can deliver what God has for me to deliver to the church. And... One of the songs that I was listening to is a song that is entitled More. And I had it on repeat for about 45 minutes. And I'll tell you, I haven't listened to it one time today outside of the Sunday school class, and it's killing me. It's eating me up. It drives her crazy, but I want to keep listening to it. And she's one where if I keep listening to it all day today and all day tomorrow, she would be like, all right, that song's getting old. Can we listen to it? I've you know, got to be careful. I don't, want to, I don't want to ruin it for myself. And so I had it on repeat for 45 minutes. And I was reminded of this. God has always given me more. I prayed for a beautiful wife one day, and God gave me more. I prayed for some beautiful children. God gave me beautiful children and more. I prayed for a church that God would allow us to be at, that would be a wonderful church, and God has given us more. I prayed for all of these many things, and God has always, every step of the way, given us more. And the truth of the matter is, though many of us, God has given, all of us, as a matter of fact, God has given us more. That more that we speak of, I want to encourage you tonight to take it and tell it to your generation. You know, I have people that I'm very close, was very close with growing up, and they're going through it. And if we were to come in contact with each other, I'll be able to share with them what God has done in my life. You know, a couple of years ago, my, my mom went back to Columbus, Indiana. We don't go back very often. I think the last time we went back was probably three years ago. And um, we went back, and one of my elementary school teachers was, she was my fourth grade teacher's assistant. I believe it was fourth grade. And Anyways, I was never, you know, a, a major, major you know, punk, if you were to put it that way. I wasn't, you know, the worst kid there ever was, but I wasn't necessarily the best kid either, if you want to say it that way. And I remember when she went back, she was talking to this assistant, and she said, yeah, Josh is in Bible college, and he's about to graduate, and he's about to go and, and serve on staff at a church. And she goes, no. Josh? And you know what? I love that response. You know why? because it means that, hey, God did something, and she was even shocked by it. If she would have been like, you know what? I knew he was always going to do that, but she wasn't, because she knew. <laughs> if this boy, if God don't get a hold of him, something's going to happen. She knew. And I'll tell you what, I am so thankful for what God has done. I look back at my, my time whenever I was in Columbus, Indiana. I look back at my time in Columbus, Georgia, and God has started a work, and he wants to continue that work. And that work that he's doing in my own life, I want to take to my generation and say, hey, look, look, I I get it. You might be struggling with some things. Look, I'm I'm a part of that millennial generation. I understand some things that you you don't agree with from past generations or future generations, whatever the case may be, but hey, look, this is what God has done in my life, and I want to share with you. And some of you have a generation to reach as well. And by the grace of God, may we all declare tonight, God, help me to reach my generation." We're praying for these young people in their generation. We're encouraging them, hey, you guys go reach your generation. How hypocritical would it be of us to say, hey, you guys go reach your generation. All the while, our generation's dying back here. May we take it serious and say, hey, you guys go reach your generation. I challenge you to reach your generation. And I'm challenging myself to reach mine. And if we'd be able to walk into church one day and say, hey, did you lead someone to the Lord? He'd say, yeah, I led one of my. What generation are you Oh, come on, man. Now I've got to go back to my notes and look what generation... What year were you born in? 2006. So you are a Generation Z. So you walk in here and you say, Man, I reached one of the Generation Z. And I said, Man, I reached one of the Millennials. And we're able to rejoice together. And we'd see some baby boomers walk in here and say, Hey, I, re- I reached a baby boomer this week. It sounds so weird saying it that way, don't it? <laughs> but in all seriousness... May we take it serious reach our generation for the glory of God. Lord, we do thank you. Lord, we love you. Help us to reach our generation. Lord, as we encourage the young people to reach their generation, help us not to be hypocrites as our generation dies. Lord, as souls are going to hell every single day, may we find ourselves getting a burden for souls and finding ourselves saying, Lord, help me to make a difference. To stand out. In our generation. As we think about what you can do, Lord, you can do much. You can do things we can't even fathom. But Lord, are we allowing are we willing to allow you to do that? May we yield our lives to you, surrender our all, lay it at the altar, and say, God, do what you please. And do the impossible and let it start in me. I pray that you'd help us tonight. Help us to reach our generation. We'll thank you for it. And it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Could I...